We are, as Yancey said, in the middle of a, a series of lessons from the book of Acts, and uh, today I'm going to talk about uh, the house of Cornelius, which we find in Acts chapter 10. Um, this is a uh, it's an awesome story. Um, <clears throat> I haven't heard it preached an awful lot. Um, when I as I started studying uh, this story more and more, I came to realize that you know it's more. Actually, it's just as much about the Apostle Peter as it is about Cornelius. And by the time I finished the lesson, I came to realize, you know, it's all about Jesus Christ. That's what the whole story is about and what he did for us. And uh, if, uh, if you remember, Yancey started out this series talking about chapter 1 and chapter 2. And uh, it records there where Jesus went back up into heaven after having set up everything for his church to be established, the kingdom of, of his kingdom here on. And in Matthew chapter 16 and 13, uh, Jesus asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? And they had a lot of answers, but Simon said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus blessed him and said, on this rock, I will build my church. And he changed his name to Peter. And he told Peter that he was going to give him the keys to the kingdom of God. And you remember in, in Acts chapter 2, when we studied that, how the apostles were all in this room in Jerusalem, waiting as Jesus said, they would be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And they were all in this room waiting, and they heard this sound like a rushing wind. And the Holy Spirit came down upon them, and, and they began to speak with tongues from languages from other lands that they didn't know. And right after this, Peter went out and he preached the gospel. To the, to the children of Israel there in, in Jerusalem. And many were baptized that day as he used the keys. He used the keys that, got, that Jesus gave him and opened up the kingdom there. <clears throat> and the apostles went out and, and did miracles, many miracles and good works throughout the land. And after the martyrdom of Stephen, they were, were they, the church began to be persecuted. And that spread the disciples throughout many other locations. But this just caused the gospel to be spread more and more. But you know, during all this time, for eight years, they only preached the gospel to the Jews. They only preached the gospel to Jews. For eight years. And in Acts chapter 10... All of this changed. You know, most of the Bible concerns God's dealings with the children of Israel, the Jews, His people. But there had always been others who saw the works of God and saw and knew that there had to be a Creator. And they heard about the God of Abraham and Israel and Moses and they believed in Him. And they tried to follow him and tried to do the things that he said to do. 
One of those men we read about in the the book of Acts, chapter 10. And his name was Cornelius. Cornelius lived in the Roman capital of uh, Caesarea. Caesarea was the capital of Rome. It's where Pilate lived. It's where the government mainly was. And he was a Roman centurion. He was a leader of over a hundred soldiers that were recruited out of Italy. And the Bible says he was a devout man, one who feared God with all his household, it says. The Bible says he often gave money to the children of Israel. And it says he prayed to God always. Yet this devout man who feared God wasn't saved. He had never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. He was a sinner like you and me. Verse 3, it says about the ninth hour, which was about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. This is when the Jews normally prayed. He saw a vision of an angel coming in. This angel spoke to him and he said his name. He said, Cornelius. And he was afraid. I expect all of us would have been afraid. Something like that. And he fell down and says, he said, what, what is it, Lord? And in Acts 10 and verse 4, if we read there, he says, and when he observed him, he was afraid and he said, what is it, Lord? You're, and, and the angel replied, Your prayers and your alms have come up as a memorial before God. There in verse 5. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. And he will tell you what you must do. So this devout man who feared God and prayed always. And God, it says, heard his prayers. And so God just caused this great feeling of peace to come upon him so that he would know he was saved. Is that what happened? You know, that's what a lot of churches are preaching this morning that happens. I say, that's how you're saved. You pray to God and you have this just overwhelming feeling of peace. And you know. That's not what happened at all. Nowhere and anywhere in the book of Acts, anywhere else in the Bible, has ever God saved a man like that. It's never mentioned. No, he said, he told him to send for a preacher. And that preacher was going to come and tell him what he must do. So it was something he had to do. Well, Cornelius had a soldier under him that also feared God. And he called him. And he sent him with two of his servants down to Joppa. To find this man that the angel spoke of. Now, Joppa was about 30 miles south of Caesarea. Now... Peter had been uh, 
preaching along the coast here between Caesarea and Joppa. He had spent some time in Caesarea and was going back and forth. And right now he was in Joppa and he had just just raised this woman from the dead. Tabitha, if you remember, she was a very generous man and gave clothing a lot and he raised her from the dead. And he was still there in Joppa staying with a man that shared his name who was a tanner. And it was around noon and Peter had gotten really hungry. So while they prepared food and cooked cooked lunch for him, uh, he went upstairs up on the roof. They used to use the roofs of their houses kind of like patios. He went up there to pray. And as he prayed, the Bible says he fell into a trance and he had this vision. In Acts chapter 10 and verse 11, it tells about this vision that he had. It says that the heavens opened up and he saw this sheet coming down from heaven bound on the four corners. And in it were wild beasts and creeping things and birds of the air. And it included things like pigs and snakes and hawks and stuff that the Jews weren't allowed to eat. And then he heard this voice from heaven that says, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. Peter said, Not so, Lord. I've never eaten anything unclean. The voice said, What God has cleansed, you shall not call common. And this happened three times. And finally, the sheet went back up into heaven. Now, Peter kind of had a habit of telling God no. You remember back that there in Matthew that we read about earlier. After Jesus had praised him and blessed him and changed his name, he said he was going to have to go to Jerusalem. There he would be killed and rise again the third day. Peter said, oh no. You're not going to be doing that, Lord. That's not going to happen to you. Jesus had to rebuke him for being concerned of the things of this world and not heavenly things. When Jesus told Peter he was going to deny him three times, he said, oh no. That's where you're wrong, Lord. That's not going to happen. Not going to do it. That very night, he denied him three times. And now he was telling the Lord no again. No, I'm not going to be eating these things. Do you uh, you ever tell God no? Are you telling God no about anything right now? You know, when, when God tells us to do something... The correct answer is always yes. Yes, Lord. It's never right, and no one ever profited from telling God no. When the Lord says, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you and persecute you, the right answer is yes, Lord. Help me to do that. Please help me. I will. When the Lord says, Turn the other cheek. Forgive people. The right answer is yes, Lord. Please help me do that today. I will. 
it's never good to say no to God. Is there something in your life you're not willing to submit to Him? Are you saying no to God right now about something? If so, say yes. Say yes today to God. Something to think about. Well, Peter was up on this roof. And as he was, as he was thinking about this vision he saw and what it meant, these three men had come to town that Cornelius had sent. And they were asking about Simon, if anyone knew this tanner that was living by the sea. And as Peter was up on the roof, he was thinking about this. This voice came from heaven once again and said, and it told Peter that, that three men were coming to see him. And there are three men that are seeking you, and I want you to rise up and go down and go with them, doubting nothing, because I have sent them. And Peter looks and he sees these three men approaching the house. And one of them is a soldier. Peter goes down. And he opens the door and he says, "Who asks, and they say they're looking for Peter. And he, Peter says, I am he. I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? And they said, Cornelius, the centurion, in Acts 10, verse 22 A just man, one who fears God and has a good reputation among the nation of the Jews, was divinely instructed by a holy angel to summon you to his house and to hear words from you. Well, Peter invites them in to his house and he lodges them for the night. Now, I want you to know this was a big deal to Peter. At that time, the Jews just didn't invite Gentiles into their house. That wasn't done. And you don't invite them in and let them stay in your house. The Gentiles weren't, that just wasn't done. And you sure didn't sit down and eat with them. But Peter was starting to say yes to God. This time he wasn't saying no. People in town were going to talk. And he was going to hear about it. In the next chapter, chapter 11, he gets called and summoned to give an account for what he's doing. But this time Peter was saying yes to God. Well, the next day Peter goes and he takes he takes some people with him to Joppa. Some people from Joppa, he gets three men from Joppa, he gathers with them and they go and he follows the, the men to Caesarea. And they come to Cornelius' house. Now, Cornelius has been waiting for Peter, but he's been busy. Cornelius has called his entire family and all of his friends And they all came and he's got them all gathered at his house waiting for Peter to come. Now there's a good example for us today. 
Well, when Peter gets there and he comes into the house, Cornelius falls down and he starts to worship him. Peter lifts him up and says, See that you do not do that. I am also a man. Now, Cornelius didn't know. He was, he was a babe, I guess. And he didn't, he didn't understand. But sometimes we can think too highly of people. More than we ought to. And it's not good to think too highly of people more than God. And worship them and lift them up. Whether it's a preacher or a celebrity or any man. We worship God and God alone. And so Peter says there in verse 28, he says, You know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or go to one of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Therefore, I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. I asked then, For what reason have you sent for me? So Cornelius tells him everything that had happened. How the angel had spoken to him and told him to send for Peter. And he would tell you what you must do. And so he immediately did that. And he says, we're all here waiting to hear what you have to say. And so Peter then opens his mouth and he preaches the gospel to Cornelius and his house. He tells them how the word of God was sent to the children of Israel. And how the gospel of peace, this gospel of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all, was preached. And how Jesus went about doing miracles and mighty works of God healing those who were oppressed by the devil. And he told him how Jesus was killed by hanging on a tree. And he told him how God raised Jesus from the dead three days later. And he told him how Jesus then told him to go out and preach to people. To tell them about Jesus had come and what he did. And whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. And while Peter was speaking, it happened. For the second time, it happened. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Peter would later tell the disciples as he was describing what happened, that it was just like what happened to them back in that room in Jerusalem. They said the Holy Spirit descended upon Cornelius and his family that day. And they began to speak in tongues from other languages that they didn't know. And the Jews that were with Peter were astonished when they saw this. Now this wasn't a sign that he was saved. This was a sign for the Jews to let them know that Christ was opening the church opening His kingdom to the Gentiles, to everybody else. The first baptism of the Holy Spirit was a sign that He was opening the kingdom to the Jews. And this was the second and last time that occurred. 
When Peter later told his disciples about it, there in the next chapter, he says, As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us at the beginning. Then I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If, therefore, God gave them the same gift as He gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could withstand God? And when the disciples heard these things, they became silent. What could they say? And they glorified God, saying, Then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. That was a big day for us. A big day for you and me. The sign fulfilled its promise, its purpose. And the apostles knew that this was the will of God. But whenever the gospel is preached in the book of Acts, it doesn't matter how it starts, how it is preached exactly, it always ends the same way. The way it ended here. Those gathered at Cornelius' house knew there was something they had to do. Verse 47, Peter says, Can anyone forbid water that these should be baptized also? So they were baptized in the name of Jesus. And they entered the kingdom of God. You know, it wasn't easy for the Jews who were the first Christians to accept the Gentiles into the church. They were the people of God. And throughout history, the Gentiles had persecuted them over and over. They had been their enemies. But they did accept us. Though it was hard, I remember as Jeremy spoke, I think, last week on the Apostle Paul. Paul had to withstood Peter to the face for he stood up in the middle of the meal and moved over to the Jews when they came in. He was showing partiality still to the Jews. It was hard. It was a hard change to make. Do you show favoritism in the kingdom of God? Don't don't be a respecter of persons. Don't do that. Treat everyone with respect and love and kindness. Don't form cliques or groups in the church. Be like Jesus and treat everyone the same. Just with kindness and love and concern. Lift one another up. Everybody. Not just a few. Don't be discouraged. And don't make excuses why you can't do what God tells you to do. What you know God wants you to do. You might have heard the story about the shoe salesman. The two shoe salesmen that were sent back in the 1800s to Africa to see if they could sell shoes and open up a shoe store there. One salesman wrote back, he says, No, there's no way we can sell shoes here. No one wears shoes, everybody just runs around barefoot. The second salesman wrote back all excited, Yes! We can sell thousands of shoes. No one has any. Say yes to God.
to God. Don't be discouraged and down and say, I can't do this. Be someone who is positive in saying yes to God. If you've been discouraged lately, if you've been saying no to God, I want you to say yes. Think about it and say yes to Him in some way today. Don't be depressed. Don't beat yourself up saying, I can't do this. I'm just not able to do this. I can do all things, all things through Christ who strengthens me. Remember that. Humbly ask God to forgive you and He will. Asking to help you and He will. Pray every day for Him to help you and He will. I know change is hard. It was hard for the Jews to change. It was very hard for them to accept this big change in the church. But they did. Just because you've gone the same way your whole life doesn't mean you can't turn and go a different direction. You can with God's help. And you don't have to walk alone. The church is willing to help you, is ready to help you, ready to pray for you, and to walk with you. If you'd like the prayers of the church, if you'd like any help spiritually, we're ready to do that. Please come forward now as we stand and sing.